Welcome to Trade Centre Live, brought to you by Sportsmate and Footy Live, where we talk all things trade, bringing you all the breaking news and real opinions from real fans. It's day five, and each day we're going to speak to big fans about their beloved clubs, followed by a live 4pm show to wrap up your daily news. Head to Instagram right now, afl.footylive, for all the content and news you need, and hashtag Trade Centre Live to get involved. Earlier today, we spoke to uh, we spoke about Melbourne with the debrief podcast. What an interview that was from Nico. He hates the D's, so well done for holding uh, holding back. Well done, Nico. That was very good. And then Luke Maguire spoke uh, to the North Talk podcast. And my God, you thought I was biased. That was intense. Loved it, though, and that's what we love to do here. And it's probably going to get worse because I finally get to speak about my Tigers with a great man who knows everything about them. It's Andy from Richmond Tiger Talk. Welcome, Andy. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jimmy. It's my pleasure to be on here. Hey, look, I've never spoken to you before, and but it doesn't matter because at Tigerland, we're all family, aren't we? And that's that's why Tiger fans are superior. So we're all together. We love each other. And you, your, your family, you started the, your own podcast together with your brother, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right, Jimmy. We started back in 2011 before there was an official rule. Uh, Richmond podcast, and we were we were inspired by Bill Simmons, yes, um, who, who likes their American sports, and mm-hmm. uh, he does something where he guesses the gambling lines with his friend cousin yeah. Sal, and look, they're not especially knowledgeable, but they just the chemistry between them, and it's just mm. the the atmosphere of two guys like they're talking in a bar or in a pub about sport and like Nick and I basically just decide, well, we talk about Richmond all the time, it might be yeah. fun to start recording it, um, and then. And that, that was great. And, you know, we just started off and podcasting uh, was in its early stages of exploding. Uh, but then the club started a podcast. So yeah. we were com- competing against, um, um, like, my childhood, well, both our childhood idol, um, Richo. And Richo, yeah. Who was also an extremely polished media perform- performer. And we thought we'd pack it in. But um, actually, our, our audience stayed and it grew, yeah. I think, because I think the club podcast brought more people into the podca- podcasting atmosphere. Yeah. So we've just kept doing it since, since 2011. There's another Richmond fan podcast, the Big Footy Boys. Mm-hmm. They're, a bit, they're probably a bit more colourful than we are, but um, we sort of, we have our niche and um, we're a bit nerdy, we're a bit statty. We both have economics degrees. So, yes. and um, look, the audience is great. And w- w- like your point about we're all friends. Mm. I made. I, I moved back to Melbourne two years ago, having lived overseas for several years, um, and the just the amount of connections and friendships we started. It's like Richmond supporters are like the eight-year-old boys in the playground. Are, do you like? Do you like guns? I like guns. Or do you like footy? I like footy. And then bang, your mates. Like, did you did you spend um, a miserable afternoon watching us get flogged by two hundred points in the mid nineties? Yeah, I did. Oh, we both did. We got something That's in common. With that common suffering. Um, you know, whatever miserable Richmond moment we all had in our lives, with the brief moments of glory that Richard or whoever gave us, like it, mm-hmm. it's just a common suffering and then common joy. It's uh, it is a I know all which supporters feel this way, but I, I feel so lucky to be a Richmond supporter. It's been such a journey um, and made so many good th- friends through the, this mutual love. Yeah. Hey, speaking of friends, Conrad Marshall, he he was my lecturer and he's a good friend of yours. And he tells me you've been doing this, the, the deck of cards workout every Monday and Wednesday. He does it on Friday as well, but he said, you won't do it Fridays. Friday's your day off. You like to have a beer. It's your cheat day. Why don't you do it Fridays as well? Three days a week. Uh, well, 
Con actually brought that up because um, I refuse to do it if I've deadlifted on the same day. And <laughs> Con finds that very funny. The other thing about Conrad Marshall, and yeah. look, in fairness, he is a brilliant writer. I, I've described him as the Charles Bean of Richmond, having read, written those three seminal books. Yeah. But he's a very strange and disturbed individual. <laughs> he's, he's got um, a semi, uh, semi-homoerotic man crush on Jason Castagna, which is the, does, strangest, eh? the strangest Richmond player to have a crush on. Um, he sweats. Um, I won't say sweats like a pig because that would be insulting. Insulting um, pigs. He's just like, <laughs> working out with him is 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 quite the sight. Um, and uh, actually, last time I worked out with him, there was a seventy year old um, guy working on his boxing in the background, mm-hmm. and he like Con, who's in his forties, was clearly the le- the least athletic person on screen. <laughs> so look, he's a deeply flawed individual. But look, look, I, I have to give credit to him. Uh, he can write, and um, oh, he, he can. Even for non-Richmond fans, uh, his last piece on Paddy Mills is just brilliant. Yeah, piece. Brilliant last piece weekend. Of, How yep, good was it? Oh, fantastic. Brilliant mm. piece of storytelling. Uh, and Con has a uh, – oh, I'm praising him far too much. It makes me sick to the stomach. Yeah, no, I'm feeling wheezy as well. But he's okay. got – for a non-Indigenous person, he, he, he's, he, he's very thoughtful and yeah. – careful about how he's, he's made the effort to learn a lot about Indigenous culture and mm. uh, the various um, First Nations people uh, across Australia. And he, he writes as well as um, a non-Indigenous person can on those issues because he's a good listener and a good storyteller. So anyway, enough complimenting Con. Yeah, um, no, enough of that. Well, where do you stand on Jason Castagna, by the way? Because you mentioned Con, Con is a massive fan of him. Where do you stand on him? Seriously, look... Part of the Richmond story, and you know it so well, the, the sort of two two eras of the Richmond recruitment and how we built the the Premiership era teams. Uh, mm. One is the the top end talent, most of which we accumulated through um, high draft picks, uh, you know, a decade ago, with yeah. a little bit of topping up from free agency and trades, as you know, through uh, Lynch and uh, Prestia. Mm-hmm. But then the second part of the story is we basically filled up the other half of the list with very late round picks, careful, carefully selected role players who are on one sense deeply forward, but they have one or two great attributes that fit really well into the overall Richmond machine. Uh, and George is, I think, the – like I'm not sure how many teams in the AFL George would get a game for, for but he's a three-time premiership player. <laughs> uh, um, like it, that, that is sort of – he's almost – an encapsulation of part of what has made uh, Richmond brilliant and how we built this, this mm. team of it's it sort of, it's a, the, the Americans would call it stars and scrubs, which is a little bit w- w- what Richmond is, but uh, so, and watching George with, uh, Connor's delight because uh, every time he has a kick for goal, you know, almost anything can happen. Um, <laughs> so uh, you, you sort of, you can, you're, you're waiting on tender hooks yeah. uh, to pile into Con to how, how he can support such a useless player. And then he kicks, of course, <laughs> kicks the odd brilliant goal and then you can just celebrate with it because he is like, you know, I do actually quite enjoy him myself. Uh, yeah. And Dimmer's obviously a huge fan. Um, uh, the, 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 the dropping, his dropping this year was one of the biggest shocks. It um, was. It was. I couldn't believe it actually happened. 
at the end of the year, but it did. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of him, but as, as you say, like you don't know what to expect from him, but I think he does play his role. It sounds boring. He's a role player, but he does that so well. I thought, you know, what he does, he's got good speed as well, very underrated, and his strength, upper body strength is incredible. Um, enough about Castagna. I want to ask you, though, who, which club do you hate the most like, out, of, out of all the clubs? Who, who is it? We've got, a, we've got a few enemies. Oh, that's a, such a good question. Look, honestly, to start with, it was Carlton so passionately <laughs> and overwhelmingly because they always beat us. You know, John Elliott was so arrogant. We got locked out of Princess Park. I, I'm still old enough to remember being locked out of Princess Park when we were yeah. playing him in big games. And, um, yeah, the the, the the overwhelming arrogance. But, look, I think probably uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts about that. That That's dulled mm-hmm. over time. There's only so many times you can beat a team in a row. but. Yeah. And, and then be not fundamentally uncompetitive. Uh, final loss aside, which is obviously a deeply felt scar. Uh, I think it moved on to Collingwood. Um, and now, look, I, I would honestly say gut feeling right now is Geelong because of Geelong. The, final, mm. the finals rivalry. And it's, yeah. it's been wonderful because it's two heavyweights. Um, like that's where the old school 70s rivalries were made, wasn't it? Where the, the heavyweights that's fought right. out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think it also depends on who your mates are and which your annoying mates. I think, you know, Collingwood, I've got Collingwood mates who are just absolutely um, disgusting. And if they beat us, which was, that was the worst, that was the low, I'll ask about your low light soon, but that was a low light for me losing to Collingwood. You just don't want to because they never let you forget it. And then 2018, I'm still scarred from that. So I, I, for me personally, I think it's Collingwood. Um, what, what about the skipper? Who Who is the best fit to be a skipper? Obviously, you know, sad to see Trent Cotchin hanging up, but maybe it's a new year at Tigerland. Who, who would be the best fit for you? Do, do you think it would be Dusty? We'll be back after a quick break. So we did a lengthy podcast discussion on this where I actually, I, I did a gambling market for it and I'm mm. furiously trying to, because this is a question without notice. Yeah. Dusty's a chance. Um, he's more of a chance. You know, people talk about doing media and mm. I, I think, I don't know about how you feel about this, Jimmy, but Richmond doesn't need people to do interviews. We're high mm. enough profile already. We have enough senior players who can talk. I don't think many people would actually really care if Dusty kept never doing interviews, but was captain. Mm. But to me, captain is more, is not as important as Dusty playing well. Yeah. If that makes sense, because we have, like I said, we have a lot of senior leaders. So look, if Dusty wanted to do it, you just, you wouldn't like everything involved with Dustin Martin and Richmond. That Yeah. I, 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 sure. Dusty, you want to do that? You want to do it? It's yours, mate. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Um, you know, would you like to drive my car home? Exactly. Um, uh, so, look, he's a good shot. You know, D- Dylan's obviously a, a choice. Uh, I, I don't mind Lambert. 
I don't think Jack Graham's quite good enough a player yet to be. I know not yet. Was, yeah, not yet. That was my initial thoughts as well. Not yet for Jack Graham. And I know a lot of fans talk about Vlossi, but Emma Emma Murray has talked sort of publicly multiple times that he mm. he, he doesn't really. Uh, he, he gets a bit anxious before games and he, he might not necessarily want to do that role. Yeah. And someone else has told to me, and I, I'm not, I'm repeating this theory without necessarily owning it, that if you actually look back, he's, he has a habit of occasionally having bad brain faints in mm-hmm. bad losses. Uh, you know, not Josh Caddy lady level, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. What would you, what he would does. be your preference? My preference is Dylan Grimes, I think. And, and you mentioned Lambert there as well. I think Lambert, but, as you said, for Vlosten, some players, they really need to switch off. You know, game day sometimes isn't their favourite. And I spoke to Alex Ranser earlier in the year and he said he didn't like game day, hated it, because it's just something that you've got to do extra. They like being around the boys. I think you need to switch off from footy as well. And every character is different. I, I personally, if, like you said, if Dusty wanted to do it, give it a Dusty. But I think he needs that break from footy when he's away from the club he's away from the club and he doesn't have to think about those things i think the same with Vlosten as well that's extra pressure on him and if you're already getting anxious before games i don't think that added pressure of captaincy would suit him uh, maybe a dylan grimes i think he's probably my number one preference i think lambert's a good leader so they're probably and and jack graham i think it's a little bit early for him as well but he's definitely a leader in the making so i, I think i i agree with you definitely backup choice of life and soldo but that's just because I'm a rock man. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be bad. Hey, what what do you give this, the, the rating of this season? I mean, it, it was a tough one. I Not many people expected the Tigers to plummet down the ladder as much as they did. A lot of injuries in glimpses. They played Richmond footy, but there was a heap of losses that were really just really disappointing. As a whole, missed out on finals. Is it an F from you, a fail, or is it a bit higher? Did you take something out of it to give, you know, I don't know, some positive spin? I thought about this and I sort of put it at about a six out of 10. Okay. You, you, you know, some of this is the, okay, technically my general definition of a successful year at any level of football is you win a final. Mm. But look, when you account the injuries, as you mentioned, and, and part of this is the soft glow of post three out of four premierships. So you, you tend to be, give everything uh, the benefit of the doubt. But when you take into account the injuries, the fact that um, we went, you know, you generally go 50-50 in close games and we went uh, one win, four losses and one draw. And we probably would have won that last draw had we played a full-strength team. So we, we sort of, we didn't have the lock of the draw. We finished ninth in percentage uh, mm. rather than 12th. Uh, good old ninth. Um, <laughs> uh, the statistical myth. Um, yeah. So look, I think when you – and the injuries weren't just – you know, if you look at a lot of the advanced metrics about injury impact, we were out in the top three. But it wasn't just the quality of the players that were out. is that we had compounding injuries in the same position. Yeah. You, you know, we lost our entire midfield in um, – you know, at one stage we had Nank, Prestia, Lambert, I think maybe even Cochin out at Cochin the same out time. out at the same time, yeah. And then, of course, Dusty famously went out later. Yeah. But you sort of – it's compounding. And we, we were 18th in clearances – and look, I know we wouldn't have a great in clearances in our premiership years, but we were getting killed in the centre clearances, which because of the 666 rule absolutely kills you. Mm-hmm. And if you actually go through our games, we do make the finals if, we, if we're slightly better in the midfield in some of those crucial games. So mm-hmm. I, I think when you're sort of no team's going to 
survive that amount of chaos with the injuries, uh, which I know is a look, other fan support, other team supporters would say, well, we've had injuries too. But I think yeah. if you do look at it fairly and also giving people the benefit of the doubt because history matters, uh, I, I would still give them a pass. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't what we hoped. And, you know, it's not sort of the gentle decline that the Hawthorne dynasty had, but I think when you when you, when you take when you take a holistic view, recognise we had a bit of bad luck in close games, and and the injury factor, I'm willing to give it a pass. And, Man, and it, you, yeah. you make a good no, no, you make a good case. That's great. When we first did it originally, I gave it an F, but you know what? You persuaded, you've you swayed me. That's good. I like your positive spin on that. I, and, no, and, I think you're right. Yeah. And one more point is you maybe give it an extra half market, so it's still six, but you bump it up from five point five that we didn't. Through we we kind of sold out a few years ago. Last year we didn't do any selling out of like we didn't trade our first round draft pick. In fact, yeah, we that's right. accumulated an extra one. So we we haven't we didn't throw all our chips in mm-hmm. last uh, this season. So yeah, it which uh, a lot of the teams at the top did. What's your what's your highlight of the season looking back? There was a lot of youngsters. I mean, it was great to see Riley Collier Dawkins kind of grow. Coleman Jones played well. Ryan Mansell found a spot. Thompson Dow, we saw a bit of him. Jack Ross, uh, you know, Daniel Rioli off the off the halfback flank was great to see him as well. Dylan Grimes got a uh, a best and fairest. Jack Graham leadership. I mean, there was heaps of personal uh, kind of highlights to take away. And then we had that comeback win, obviously against the Giants. I thought that was probably oh, one of yeah. the best games of the, the season. What what sticks out for you as a highlight? Look, I think intellectually, you'd have to say the Bulldogs game. Yeah, uh, I yeah. believe it was yep. round seven where. Mm. And they were already playing good footy at the time. Yeah, that's right. They were. But we sort of took took them behind the um, uh, out, what's the phrase you behind the shed <laughs> behind the sheds. Um, but look, emotionally, I agree with you that I don't know if you went on that that uh, cold Saturday night at 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 Marvel at yeah, the beloved Marvel. Marvel Stadium, the soulless Marvel Stadium. Yeah. But, but getting over the top of GWS, um, I remember that game very well. It was a lot of fun, and th- there weren't many of us there, but we were making noise. Mm-hmm. It just it actually felt a bit a bit old Richmond, but it was off Broadway and we were this fighting <laughs> team. We had a lot of injuries that day. And so yeah, I, I as a fan and just there's nothing nothing beats a comeback win. That's right. Liam Baker got 33 touches that he game. He did indeed, exactly. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, RCD R- 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 Riles, Riley Collier Dawkins, um, yeah. for non-Richmond supporters, uh, kick two, um, looked like the future. It, it, everything was looking good. It was dusty kick four, I think, and then um, smacked into the goal umpire, and there was a, oh, there was that a change poor there. guy. Oh yes, what a great oh, no. memory. Yeah, I, I watched that replay about fifty times to see what could have been done. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. anyway, sorry, you you. Go no, on. no, that's fine. I, I like reminiscing. Don't worry. What's the low light though? We don't really like to talk about this, but is there a low light that that sticks out? There was a few losses throughout the season. Big losses. I mean, the one against St Kilda was was pretty shocking. To be fair, I mean, uh, there was a few. Which one sticks out to you? Look, to me, it was definitely Gold Coast's. Uh, oh, yeah, it's on the uh, Thursday night. Thursday, yeah. Because they were not full strength. Yeah. They had the best player out. Took took Miller just destroyed us through the midfield. Mm. And bloody 191-centimetre Chris Burgess rucked all day for them and we couldn't win the centre clearances. Yeah. That, 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 was, that was so frustrating. That, I must admit, was probably one of the eight times I said, that's it. I've had enough of mobs. Um, <laughs> and then next week I'll be back um, <laughs> like a jilted lover. But uh, yeah, look, that, that game is just uh, like we weren't even close. We weren't that young that that night either. As I said, they weren't full strength. It just it was de- 
depressing dirge of a game. We didn't score enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that was the low light. That was a low light. And as I mentioned, the Collingwood loss as well, but I get emotional talking about it. So we'll just move on very quickly. The yeah. trade period. Um, Charles the Gold Coast. Uh, Coleman Jones will probably go to North. Uh, Tarrant, we're talking about. What about? We'll start with Chole. So when he went to go, what was your initial thoughts on on Chole? Like you said, you love him some weeks, you hate him the other. Were you, were you okay seeing him go? Look, I've watched because I'm I'm a mad VFL watcher as well. So I've, I've yep. watched a lot of Marbia Chole's football. And yep. look, on one hand, he's really admirable because mm-hmm. he's he often plays. You know, he's a part time ruck, but he plays a lot of his footy in the ruck, and he's 109. Sorry, he's 91 kilos. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is small for Ruckman. And if you sort of look around, there, there are some exceptions. Uh, you know, Luke Jackson, for instance, I think he's still yeah. under 91. Um, but it's very rare for a guy that's light to play in the Ruck that often. Um, yeah. And he's often quite brave as a Ruckman. He, he'll he'll crack in, he'll have a go. But he's just, what kills you with Marbs is not necessarily that. It's, um, he's just so inconsistent and he often, he runs out of tank late in games. So there's the sort of the moments where, you know, Nick Knack was taking marks and him in the forward line, which you probably remember in the West coast game, mm-hmm. but also he just w- will disappear for long periods, uh, especially late in games. So look, he's admirable. He does amazing highlights, you know, Gold Coast fans will be good. Uh, we'll be looking at his highlight video of, say, that Brisbane game where he kicked for him and go, yeah. my God, we've got the superstar. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they, they'll be excited, but the sort of like it, it depends what you want from your big man. And I, I'm a bit conservative about this that Ruckman are people that you should be able to set your watch to. They're, they're sort mm-hmm. of they're, they're the people who set the physical pace of the team. And they're not necessarily the stars or the, they're getting the highlight reels, but they, they can turn up, they can test, and at the very least, they neutralize the other Ruckman, which is why I love Ivan Solder. So, um, <laughs> So I think like great. Chol got a four-year contract. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. So so good on him. He's done. He's done a lot of great work for us. Um. You know, we delisted him. Um. Um. So and it, other clubs could have picked him up from previous years and they didn't. So look, he's done really well. Good for him. But he's not as big a loss. Um. Look, I I, I think we'll see. There'll be a moment definitely where we miss him. Let's just hope he doesn't have his highlight game against us. Yeah, let's hope not. I mean, he's a great set shot of goal as well, Chol. And I'm really? happy that he's. He's gone back to to Queens. His family's there as well, so I honestly hope he does well. So I'm I'm happy to see him. I mean, I, I would have liked to keep him, but you know, hopefully he does well up there. What about Coleman Jones to North, and what's he worth in your opinion? Because we were asking for pick twenty, they don't really want to give it. Yeah, so that that one that one's a bit close to the bone. Um, yeah, I, I I had a massive man crush on him. Watched him a lot in the VFL. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's a big. He reminds me a bit of um, young Benny Gale and the sort of oh, yeah. the, the, the way he marks and he could high point the ball very well, uh, which is underrated skill. So you saw Mark. He he was kicking goal. The sort of the proof of concept is partly there in the AFL. Is that he was kicking goals? He was, I think he averaged above a goal a game in the AFL this year. So he is a loss. Sort of, if I was the question with him, I wasn't sure about was what's his position because mm. he's one of those guys as a ruck, he's a good forward, and as a forward, he's a good ruck. Yes, so I, I sort of and you know, the Hawthorne game, like he's still young, but we did we did get beaten up in the last game of the season, uh, with uh, him and Chol rucking. So I sort of, um, yeah, like he's a loss, there's such a premium on forwards. I, look. I would have been, and let's not forget that that we got a fine to the footy department because of that kebab incident in the Gold mm-hmm. Coast. That like people literally lost their jobs over yeah. that. Um, yeah. So 
you know, the, there's some deep feelings at the club, uh, understandably about it. But you know, he's allowed to uh, see his perspective, and it's not uh, they're not indentured to us. Like they they are they are allowed to play for who they want. Yeah. Um. So good luck to him. But look, the trade issue we got completely screwed by the fact he wants to go to North because we've lost all our leverage because they've got the first pick in the PSD. That's as, right. as you know, you probably discussed on the show. Um, like the obvious choice is to go with what, you know, a pick in 20, we're basically asking back for what we paid for him, mm-hmm. uh, which I think that's reasonable because we put four years in development. We've actually, we're still making a loss on that trade when you count the years of development um, because, you know, he's sucking up seller in a list spot and a 19 year old tools is just basically, it's, Dead weight on the list until until they're twenty one, twenty two. So that's right. Until mature, yeah. Yeah. So they're winning. North are still winning that trade, even if they'd said pick twenty. But um, they've got the leverage, so it's not what you deserve; it's what you get. Yeah, um, that's yeah. I mean, the, the Tigers have picks seven, fifteen, twenty six, twenty eight, thirty eight. There's two. Uh, you've got five picks in in the first two rounds. Where where do you see this going? Because there's been a little bit of talk about, you know, maybe Tom Mitchell or Jager Amir are going to be available. What do the Tigers do with their picks? Do you think there's going to be a pick swap or what what will the Tigers do with those those number of picks? Well, we have to move the picks because we've got more picks than we do uh, list spots. So we're going to have to push some into future years or or package some up for a higher pick. Either options. I think Dimmer at this stage in his coaching would probably prefer fewer and more high quality juniors than mm. necess- but they might have no choice but just to push the pick into future years mm. uh, as a way just to manage the the list uh, situation. Mm. Look, the the problem I think we're cap maxed, and let's not forget uh, Tom Lynch's and Dusty's contracts are both heavily backloaded, and the, or through and. You know, if I could change one thing about AFL, it would be stop treating it like amateur hour and publish the cap, the salary cap information. But yes, the, the a lot AFL, of people are believing it and bringing this up, definitely. Yeah, and the AFL they want to make they they constantly use trade period as um, as clickbait for their websites, and you know, good on you for an alternative source. But they want to drive content for it. This, but they've got the trading rules, and so no one good ever gets traded. I mean, this trade period is is you know not the most exciting. The one player within the top one hundred players has been traded thus far, and one first round draft pick. It, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. quiet compared to uh, American sports. But American yep. sports treat their fans um, like adults and publish this kind of data. Like they don't have to. If, if you're learning earning less than two hundred grand, fine, don't publish it. Yeah. But I don't reckon it's to protect the players, is what they say. I reckon it's to, put, to protect bad football managers and bad men, and uh, so player agents and bad football managers because they don't want their bad contracts out there. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. Because that's who really that that data is out there for us, so players can look at each other and see how much they're getting paid, um, and see whether they're getting a fair shake. Anyway, sorry, long. It's a petty issue of mine. Um, so yeah, I think we're in trouble under the cap. So the only way we get one of those. You know, I hear the rumors about the Hawthorne fire sale. Yeah. Um, I think the only way that uh, – and Jake Ramirez would be great, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I don't think it happens unless they pay some or a lot of the salary, which seems, yeah, exactly. like, seems like a big concession. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we'd happily give pick 15 for Amira. Jeez, I, I would. I don't know about you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, look, my dream pick – if uh, if yes, I, if I, I might say, yeah, what's the it, dream it, trade? Tell it, me. It, it, it's it's not a rumor because um, it doesn't look like we're getting a, a anyone 
anyone north of Mitch Wallace. Uh, and, you know, I, I doubt whether we'll get Mitch Wallace either. Sorry, yeah. un- slight tangent. Underrated thing about um, the last three or four years. Yeah. Once we got Tom Lynch, that is that is it. We, we shut up shop with mature age AFL players. Yeah. We, we haven't recruited anyone like that. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the only, the closest we've come is Andrew Parker, who was really a waffle player mm-hmm. at that stage. Uh, so the sort of, we're not actually we're active traders and we move our picks around, but we have not been active players in traders and bring players in. And I think that's probably mainly, well, at least partly salary cap driven. Anyway, guy I want, mm-hmm. grandson of a Richmond Ruckman, uh, absolute gun, big body midfielder, exactly what we don't have at the moment. Tom Green for the GWS. Oh, Tom Green. How good would he be? And what do we have to give up for him? Uh, well, obviously, our first pick this year. Yep. Um, I, I take that a, a, a straight, straight swap every day of the year, but I'd happily give up a second. Look, you, you probably, I'd probably, it, you know, if I was Blair, I'd probably fold and give both ones for him. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it's an option. Uh, he's quite, he's under, con- he resigned. Um, he's quite happy. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, they've got his younger, younger brother is an absolute gun, is in the academy as well. Um, and, Thank goodness that GWS out that GWS is out there with their academy developing these kids who never would have gotten into football otherwise. You know, grandson of a, a Richmond Premiership great. Yeah. Thank goodness for the AFL and its development of football in 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 Wales. Never would have happened. Never would have happened. That's right. <laughs> Very good. Imagine if you got to the club. How good would that be? Oh, yeah, he's no. a, and, and do you, he's a he's a ball, and he's exactly what we need. He is, yeah, no, definitely, and he can help with those clearances that we need. My God, imagine if we won the clearances as well, and that that ties into the next one. Where do we finish next year? Where are you predicting the Tigers to finish? And and be as optimistic as you want. I know, I know we win the flag next year and the year after, but you know, what do you think? <laughs> it, look, I I don't know about you, but there was a reasonable degree of pessimism of people watching the finals this year, looking looking at Melbourne and going, geez, we're a long way off that. There was heaps. You look on Twitter, my God, everyone was very, very pessimistic about that. And I would say go back and look at uh, the finals in 2020 mm. and look how we were playing because we it wasn't the same game plan, but we looked like that. We looked fast, aggressive, yep. um, risk-taking. So it can come back when, you, when things start clicking, you start running – um, on, on top of the ground. And if anything, we're in a better position than about 15 of the clubs in the AFL because we have proof of concept with the majority of our, our current list. So I, I don't think there's any re- reason for undue pessimism. Uh, I don't think the draft is going to solve any of our problems. I think that's mm. a lot long-term solution. Yeah. Um, but look, I think it is perfectly reasonable to... Look, winning a flag is really hard statistically. Um, the, uh, even... Even the premiership favourite is usually four to one. Uh, so I, I would say like a, a finish between two and six is completely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it. Hey, what about Dusty? Lost 10 kilos with that fruit diet recovering from the kidney injury. Let's hope he bulks up a little bit and, and see if he gets a, a, a good season under his belt. Are you hopeful of Dusty returning to his best? Yes. And that bloody picture of him in the Pran markets, like, like, why does a guy like Dusty wear that terrible T-shirt? Like, it makes him it makes him look half the size. It's a, he was wearing for people who haven't seen this bulky black T-shirt, hipster yeah. black T-shirt. That you know, the man's one of the most attractive sort of. Um, That's the lead. fashion these days, Andy. I know. That's I know. It, it, it's I live in Fitzroy. I see this all the time. It's one, <laughs> it's one uh, angry old man rant over. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I, I don't. 
you could actually see it a bit this year. I thought that the Jackals would bring down the line more often than they used to. Yeah. And so, look, I think he'll, he'll still be amazing at times. But one thing we have to remember with Dusty, he, aside from the 2017 whole seven season, Dusty has been most amazing in the biggest moments. He's not always amazing in round four. Mm. Uh, and his timing of his greatness has been what part of what we've been so lucky and what's made him special. So, look, look I'm still really optimistic. I'm not necessarily sure he'll be a dominant player in round one, but exactly because he's coming back from that yep. injury. But, you know, what, 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 when the bullet's alive and and the, the, the whips are cracking, whatever other cliche that you want to use about end-of-season play, He's always had the magic before, and let's just hope he has it again. Let's just hope. That's right. Uh, Ten quick questions, Andy. This is the fun stuff, okay? First one here. Which player in the whole Richmond list would you most like to have a beer with at the pub? Oh, funnily enough, we've done a segment on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) um, Dylan Grimes is a really outgoing guy. Um, Maybe Jack. Jack very well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, he's so exposed now, you kind of know what he thinks about issues. That's true. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I could probably skip the posse socks discussion with Cochin. Mm. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, I'd, you know, I, I'd, I'd like I'd like Shay Bolton. He's very quiet, but I reckon, you know, you have a beer with him and have a laugh and you'd really open up, I reckon, Shay Bolton. That's for me. If, if you want a nice quiet time, you could have a beer with Nank and just sit there silently and uh, <laughs> yeah. think about follow-up follow-up work and the clearances. Uh, yeah. So how Nank is in public is pretty much how he's in private as well, I understand. Yeah. Had, knowing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, if you had to get rid of either Dustin Martin or Shay Bolton and Jack Graham, who would it be? That's a great question. Um, you probably have to keep Dusty. You'd have to keep Dusty. Yeah, I think so. I agree he, with it. You can't get rid of Dusty. He would clear the salary cap. Oh, he would, but it, it harmed the culture too much, surely. And like at some point, you've just got to say, we like when you've got a goat, you have to you have to pay that respect and yeah, like you all, all, all praise to the king. Mm-hmm. Shot after the siren, forty-five degree angle, forty meters out. Who do you choose to kick it? Oh, cool. At from how far out was it? Forty meters out. 40. Because Tommy Lynch becomes much more um, accurate further out. Further out, he does. Yes. Um, But look, you can't go past the showman, can you? No, it has to be be Jack Greywell. Yeah, yeah. What about that that shot against Geelong in the grand final? Oh, just, I'm getting emotional thinking about that. Actually, I I would love if George got the shot. (laughs) No, I would not. He always kicks it when you least expect it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, if Richmond had to, right, merge with a team in the AFL, not Gold Coast or GWS, who would you pick? Had well, I live merge. in Fitzroy, so I would demerge <laughs> the, the Lions yeah. uh, from Brisbane and turn them back into the Bears and then merge with the old Fitzroy uh, because that's, you know, proper inner north yep. clubs, spirit, tradition, history. But I could live with that. Yeah, what would it be? Fitzroy Tigers or Richmond Lions? I'd have to be the Richmond Lions. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. R- R- Richmond is so much a part of the three-one-two-one. So much yes. part of the identity of our club. Yep, hundred um, percent. If we win the flag next year, how will you celebrate? Oh, that's a good question. Um, which pub did you go to in two thousand seventeen? 
what you know what I was I was ju- in 2017 I was just on Swan Street that was it I didn't go in fantastic I was just on the, in the middle of the street did you get, did you manage to get handled handsome on some beer yeah I did they were in, they were free. That's right. Awesome. I wish I could live that day ten times and How just good do was it. It was just it, people handing out beers in the middle of the street. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was in a dream. So in seventeen, I went to the All Nations because uh, we went there after the Carlton final. It was like oh, a yeah. complete completion of a of a circle, and actually met someone there who'd flown all the way from Indonesia that day to watch the game but he didn't have tickets to the game he just went to the the, the showing at Pump Road Oval oh really and he just flew all the way in Indonesia and he just wanted to be part of it um, I, I think I hugged him five times <laughs> as, as the night went on so I hope he got what he wanted um, if he's listening and yeah Rising Sun in, in 19 that, that that was good fun and walked down Swan Street um, yeah look at, at this stage, you sort of like you want to stay away from the theatre goes. You want to go to a proper Richmond pub, so yeah. you know something like the All, All Nations. I'm Rising Sun doesn't have too many yep. theatre goes. Yeah, where would you go if you had the uh, to celebrate? I don't know. I just walk down Swan Street again. I just want to live that moment and see where the night takes me. Um, uh, actually, can, can I? I change my look. I do like the London. Um, the London. Yeah. yeah, and this good mate of mine called Andrew Sloman, who's currently in quarantine. I'd just like to give a shout out to him. Uh, <laughs> we often we often have a beer there, and uh, I'd love to have a beer with him after the, the grand final, and obviously yeah. with my podcast partner Nick. Yeah, do you go to the games with Conrad at all? Uh, we have not. Well, we, we've watched about fifteen games on Zoom together. Actually, yeah. more about probably twenty twenty five, but because all because of lockdown, uh, yep. and he he actually lined up tickets all, for all of us to go to a game this year just as lockdown hit but I've never actually in person been able to tell comrades wow. um, that, that uh, George is about to miss the shot <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be oh, Conrad's too high up now he doesn't have time for the other for his old mates he's just yeah, part of the corporate so I think Conrad now uh, would you rather he sit... is very corporate I agree <laughs> he is uh, would you rather sit up in the nosebleeds by yourself for a grand final or be at the pub or at home with family and friends enjoying it? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I never feel alone in the Tiger Army. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I get quite tense in games, probably like you do, like yeah. a lot of people. So I, I'm perfectly fine sitting by myself at a game. So mm-hmm. look, and look, I'm no, I'm no good in Richmond games as a company. So friends and family... No, I mean, not that I don't love them. It's just, yeah, I'm, just yeah. uh, I'm no good to them in the Richmond game. So, look, I, w- I would rather be, like, the MCG is our, is our soul. It's our mm-hmm. home. I'd rather be there and then enjoy it with friends and family at a pub afterwards. Definitely. That's what I did 2017. I was by myself up the top, but we were best mates by the end of it. Everyone, Well, I reckon at the end of the first quarter, everyone was best mates up there. And, you know, I got to see it. Right, I was two aisles away from Mark Coughlin. It was, like, one of the best days of my life. He was my favourite player growing up, and... That's like, fantastic. What are you doing here? <laughs> he had I, his jumper on. It was the best. I met Scotty Turner just before the 17th bounce oh, down. You? He was sitting near me. Um, actually, Ralph Carr was sitting near me as well. Um, he's an interesting-looking guy. Ralph Carr is. Yeah, yeah. sunlight. Um, he I does can look- imagine his hair is uh, very dark, isn't it? He looks every bit the showbiz manager that he is. Um, yeah, I'll yeah. say that. But, yeah, Scotty, <laughs> Scotty Turner was lovely. Um yeah, anyway, it's, uh, as you say, 17 was special. But I, I, your point about making friends, the same with me in 19, that uh, I'm still Instagram friends with the, the guy I sat next to for some of 19. You're never alone in the Tiger Army. Yeah, 100%. 100%. If you could look exactly like one player 
in the Richmond lineup, who would it be? Oh my God, is there any choice but Tom Lynch? Tom Lynch, he's a good looking rooster, isn't he? Oh, and the most magnificent triceps I've ever seen on a human being. Mm. He's big, I, I, almost as big as Conrad's. They are massive. And yeah, no, I think Tom Lynch is the best looking one. I mean, Jack Graham's a good looker as well. But I think Tom Lynch takes the cake, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, just uh, if if I Tom Lynch though, but perhaps with Darren Prestia's biceps, which are just mm. magnificent. The meatball. Uh, if you had to choose one play in the Richmond uh, list to play millionaire hot seat on your behalf, all money goes to you. Who do you pick? Who's got the brains? Mm, would it be Dylan Grimes? Sort of has a he's you know started his own business, thoughtful, intelligence. Um, yeah. Dave apparently is not an idiot. Dave Asprey, but I guess he's not on the list anymore. Yeah, not on the list anymore. That's exactly my thoughts when I was thinking about this today. I thought I'd probably pick Grimes here. Asprey came to mind, but he's not there. I think that's that's probably it, isn't it? I reckon Grimes is the smartest one. Yeah, and he's just a bit vivacious. Like, he'd he, he, he know random stuff. Yeah, random facts. and Yeah, yeah I yeah. reckon so. Uh, if Netflix asked you to choose one player to do a documentary on about their life story, who would you suggest? Ivan Solberg. <laughs> he loves Soldo. He's good. He'd have a good story. The Croatia background. He loves his soccer. Uh, I reckon I, that'd be good. I've got number forty-seven on my uh, oh <laughs> jersey, which was the number, as you obviously know, that he wore in the in the nineteen grand final. Yeah. Um, have uh, you had a conversation with? Like, have you sat down with him at all ever? No. I, I sort of like did vote through vicariously through Con because he yeah. he did a piece with him, but. Nick and I podcast on it. Nick actually went to university with Benny Gale, and he never in in uh, started a conversation with him. Yeah. And we sort of he's got a really good philosophy, which I respect. Is that you know it, sometimes it's best not to meet your heroes. Um, <laughs> and and I can see that I've actually met Benny quite a few times, not a lot of times, but a reasonable amount of times through work. Yeah. And I always get so nervous around him because it, it's yeah. it, it, like he's still my childhood or idol. So I have had a lovely conversation with Richo at two o'clock in the morning at Frostbites once. Um, <laughs> uh, so, look, um, sorry, what was the question again? Oh, about, uh, <laughs> the the uh, Netflix uh, uh, document. Uh, oh, the Soldo. I said Soldo. Have you sat down with him? That's what I said. No, I and I yeah. haven't. I haven't. But sorry, there was a long-winded way of saying. I'm, I'm okay not meeting them. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Oh, mate, a hundred percent. I know exactly what you mean. And it, like, I I, um, I do some producing at 3AW and I've, I've met some, like I've met a lot of people, but Richo, he comes in when I would produce on like a Saturday morning and he'll come in and I still haven't gone up to him to like have a chat. And oh, it's just, awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's exactly what you feel. I don't want to go up yet because he's just, he's like God for me, you know, Richo, I grew up idolizing him. I haven't done it yet. And it's just, I've got that feeling. I want to still want to be that fanboy, you know? Are we running out of time? Can I tell one which no, I No, no, no. We get all afternoon, don't worry. Uh, so I just want to say that this is, I used to say when we were before 17 and we were the, you know, Richo was all we had. Yeah. Um, and his spirit sort of kept us alive. And I love this story. It's not my story. It's a story that I read on uh, Punk Road End, which is still functioning in Richmond yeah. Um And it was this guy saying he was just, he was taking his kids down to the park and, you know, they were, both under 10 and they're both wearing Richmond jerseys yeah. and they're just bouncing along, they're going along the street and suddenly this big four-wheel drive pulls out in front of them and this guy jumps out and the guys go, you know, what's going on here? And, you know, this big guy walks over and it's Richo. 
And Richo has just seen these kids walking along the road, and he's pulled over and signed their jerseys. And, just you know, the, get, what a bloke! What a bloke! Like, like I know it's only a small, like he hasn't killed cancer there. No, but like, that, that, that's massive though. That is look, that's that make the oh that'd and, be just, just such a moment. Yeah. And Kevin, like Richmond was not. We couldn't get sponsors. We were so poor. We were running losses, and Richo mm. gave us hope, and he he, did. he got people through the turnstiles. Like he is so important to where we are now because he kept the club afloat. Like yep. I, I know rationally, a lot of people argue that we could have traded him, and you know, he inevitably would have stuffed up the draft picks. But you know, forget about the trade. Like sometimes things are more important than trading, and yep. what he did be a one club player and what he did for us is just it, it should never be forgotten and mm-hmm. it, um, he's like it's so good that he got to be part of the seven you know he, him crying in the 17 grand final yes. is so much part of the story because it deserves to be unbelievable and I was going to say a lot of people ask me what's your favourite moment of the 17 grand final I often say that seeing Richo crying and being part of it that day was just phenomenal I love it uh, last question uh, if you had to swap, if you had to, we'd never do this, but if you had to swap Damien Hardwick with one current AFL head coach now, who would it be? Oh, God. Um, obviously, the very last person it would be would be Chris Scott, who, despite <laughs> being an excellent coach, has just annoyed me so many times with his passive-aggressive pantomime in his press oh, conferences. Mate, don't get me started on Chris. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, obviously an excellent coach. Um, yeah, he is a great coach, but yeah, no, the press conferences do, do make him, yeah. Uh, you know, I always had a lot of... Uh, he's no longer a current AFL coach, but I always thought Collingwood were a really well-coached team over the last few years mm-hmm. before uh, before um, uh, Eddie and others blew up their salary cap. Uh, ooh. Yeah, who would you choose? Uh, I'm thinking... I haven't even thought about it, but I'm thinking... I like John Longmire. I, uh, I like the way he goes about it. He's rebuilt the team nicely. I, he I, has. I, he I, has. I, I, I like there. the way he's real, yeah, rebuilt the team. I haven't even thought of it, to be honest. I've been thinking about writing these questions. I'd probably say, yeah, Longmire right now. But he, can I ask you a question back as someone yeah. who has a border of scope of the AFL? Yeah. How many current or ex, but still, uh, still sort of current um, AFL coaches could have coached Melbourne to a premiership this year? Yeah, not, not many. You reckon? I reckon. No, actually, no. I'll take that back. He had a lot of help from assistants. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I, I reckon that's a pretty good list. I reckon a lot of people could coach that team to a well, Yeah, I like... You know what? Because the stories have been about Simon Goodwin and what he's been able to do. He has had a good list. That is true. And he's had very good assistance. I think Choco Williams has had a huge impact on that list. But I still... I like what he's done. And I, I, feel, I feel bad to say that somebody else could have done the job. But you can because you're... you're a Richmond man and look, I have to try and be unbiased sometimes look I, I think that's I think what proves you as a coach looks smart look I, I kind of agree with the, the core implication of what you're saying that I was being a bit of a smart ass but I think in fairness what really proves it is sustained success mm. you know Beveridge getting the team back this year was really impressive that's true you know what you know why that came to my mind first when I said no one else could because they came they they didn't finish in the eight last year and it was such a big turnaround in the off season and when people talk about Dimar in 2000 and before in 2017 the preseason and what impact he had just to you know a different mentality and a shift I think that was that was driven by Dimmer and I feel that this was driven by Goodwin a little bit the shift in mentality and it's about the group rather than individuals so that's what I it is a good list, but there's still the head coach has to do a lot of that work and, and change the mentality. So I'm not too sure. So who who are you going with then with the coach, head coach? Uh, 
I like your choice of Longmire. I'm just trying to think of the head coaches who don't annoy the hell out of me. Or what about Chris Fagan? Chris Fagan. No, Fagan. Uh, Fagan. Uh, I've heard some behind the scenes stuff, and he hasn't always been super. Oh. Um, just through friends of mine, so okay. I, I won't say anything more. But right. I, I, I can I appreciate. I won't push you on that. That's all right. Uh, you can okay. message me after the show. We'll talk about it. I can appreciate as an external, <laughs> external person uh, why you might think that. Look, honestly, I would choose Bucks. I reckon he can. You reckon Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I reckon he would have learned from his experiences. Yeah, and uh, he's actually a very thoughtful. Interview. If you've got to, because with a coach, you get stuck listening. If, if you like, you and I are an obsessive. Mm. You wind up listening to all the press conferences. And, yeah. Uh, like, you want a guy who can, who can say something thoughtful and is interesting to listen to. Oh, yeah. Which, which by the way, I think Dimmer is. Um, yeah, he is. Yeah. And, and sort of something to always contemplate, you know, this year when uh, certain age journalists were sort of subtly campaigning that maybe it's time for Dimmer to um, uh, move on to brighter pastures. You know, yeah. something to remember, Dimmer would be unemployed for two seconds if he didn't work for Richmond. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly right. And I've asked this question to a lot of other fans and, and most of them have said Damien Hardwick. That's who they'd pick up and, and why wouldn't you? I'll tell you what, Andy, I, I could speak to you. I could speak to you all day. Uh, we could talk about Richmond for years, I reckon, and I hope to speak to you again before the end of this. When a trade comes through, I might get you on for the 4pm wrap. I'd right, we'll love to. Uh, otherwise, we could do a half-hour special on uh, Damien Hardwick's social media game, which he started yes. tweeting late, lately. Um, he I has. I just noticed that. <laughs> I can't believe it. You know, when I first followed him, he followed me back for about five minutes, and then I realised he unfollowed. It must have been a mistake. But still, you know, I have that moment still with him. Hey, Andy, give us a pl- uh, give your uh, podcast a plug and let everyone know where they can go and listen to your stuff. Uh, so it's Richmond Tiger Talk. Uh, if you just Google that, um, we're the ones that have been around since uh, 2011. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, just give it a listen. It, it, it's If you like sort of slightly more analytical Richmond stuff, please come on. Uh, we've been doing it for a while. We really enjoy it. And, Jimmy, it's been great to speak to you. Uh, um, always wonderful to speak to a, a obviously super knowledgeable Tiger supporter. And also you've got a bit of – maybe a bit more perspective than some of us uh, one-eyed people have but through your role in the media. And uh, I'll throw you, he hasn't been talking. Thanks, Gordon, as well, for the producing. Um, He's doing a great job, Gordo. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it was great to come on, and uh, you're doing great work. And uh, I, I listened to a few of your other podcasts uh, yeah. to, to prepare for this one. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really good stuff that you're doing. Thanks, Andy. We appreciate that, mate. And we appreciate everyone who's tuned in. Hashtag Trade Center Live to get involved. And we will speak to you at 4 p.m. to wrap up the day's news. So thanks for joining us again. We'll speak to you then.